Old School Lane Casual Chats is brought to you by OldSchoolLane.blogspot.com and is associated with Manic Expression, the Comic Book Cast, the Reopen Nickelodeon Studios in Orlando, Florida Facebook page, and for entertainment's sake. Welcome to a brand new episode of Casual Chats. I am Patricia, and uh, we are continuing Clarissa Explains It All month with uh, basically just a discussion about the show. Uh, I have a special guest with me. Why don't you introduce, introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Christina, and uh, longtime Clarissa fan, longtime uh, classic Nick fan in general, so... Uh... Got a lot to chat about. Yeah, and uh, you might also remember her. She joined us uh, alongside with Kevin and I. We uh, interviewed uh, Paul Germain and Joanne Saliba here about a year ago at this point. Was it that long? Yeah, oh, it was that long, yeah. Where does time go? I, don't, I have no idea. <laughs> but yeah, um, so uh, just uh, about last week, uh, Clarissa celebrated his 25th anniversary. So uh, I guess we'll just discuss about the show, looking back on it, and... Uh, you know, talk about our favorite moments, characters, and why the show is still regarded by as one of the best, like, 25 years later. So, um, Christina, how did you get introduced to the show? It's kind of one of those things where I don't remember a specific uh, moment where Clarissa wasn't in my life, if that makes sense. She's kind of such an every woman that it just she felt so organic to me as a kid you know growing up uh, you know she reminded me of my big sister and I wanted to be like my big sister and I wanted to be cool like Clarissa so um I just remember gosh I mean I couldn't have been more than eight years old or so and um I what I remember most uh, first starting to watch it was just of course her style you know how just cool Clarissa dressed and I so wanted to emulate that because the way she makes patterns and all the textures and everything she was just the coolest but cool in a way that didn't feel inaccessible to me as a kid she wasn't like the um untouchable uh most popular girl in the school you know she she had Clarissa had her issues her insecurities um but she was just her own person and that's sort of um I guess what appealed to me as a kid showing this young girl kind of being able to march to the beat of her own drummer and even when she didn't have all the answers she still was doing her best you know to navigate uh, life navigating junior high and growing up so that's sort of how I got into it and sort of my um big impressions of it. 
Yeah, um, as for me, I guess I would kind of feel the same way in which I always used to see her a lot on TV. Now, I was a bit young when the show first debuted, but I guess over time, like as the seasons progressed, like around the later seasons, I started to become old enough so I can be able to watch the show, and I kind of saw Clarissa as like this huge influence, somebody that you can look up to because... It was like you said, she was the kind of person who not only uh, had various tastes in things from music and video games and talking about like how annoying her brother Ferguson was and how much that she liked, um, you know, wanting to become a woman growing up, getting her driver's license and all that stuff. Just like you were saying, she was very accessible. I mean, it wasn't like in previous uh, TV shows for teenagers in which, oh, you know, there has to be a popular person. There has to be the good-looking person that everybody strives to be, but you can never really become because, oh, it's Hollywood. They're so perfect. I remember recently Emily Hart, the sister of Melissa Joan Hart, was um, stating on why she felt, in her opinion, that Clarissa resonated with a lot of girls, and that was because, you know, she wasn't, like, quote-unquote, good-looking compared to the girls that are shown on TV today. Like, you know, she was still a kid. She still had some, you know, missing teeth, and she had uh, bushy eyebrows, and she had, like, ratty hair, and, you know, the people were, like, saying, oh, you know, why don't you have your hair fixed, and maybe we can, you know tweak your eyebrows a little bit and her mom said literally no she's a kid what do you want her to do like like some sort of like processed teenager that you would see in like those magazines it's like no she's an actual kid and that's one of the things that I miss in like classic Nick shows is that the kids that they would hire to portray the characters or um, to act in various shows like you can't do that on television they were real kids I mean literally for a lot of them they were just real kids that they got from like the neighborhood and they just acted and you know a lot of them they looked real they look like kids that you would know from school and you know melissa joan hart's portrayal of clarissa was that she was the everyday kid she looked nice and you know she liked dressing up and she liked um boys and she liked all that stuff but at the same time she's the person who liked pearl Jim. they might be giants she liked playing her computer games. She believed in aliens. She had a pet alligator named Elvis. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that was what made Clarissa so cool to us. Clarissa isn't a name you heard or even hear. Like, it's not unheard of, but it, it's definitely unique. Yeah, definitely. It's a very interesting name. Not, not, I mean, not a name that you would hear very often. And Mitchell Kriegman did say this in an interview that, you know, the last name, Clarissa uh, Darling, that that was obviously a nod to like Peter Pan in which it was named after the Darling family. Right. Yeah, of course. And um, I actually uh, grew up with a Clarissa and of course the joke every day was, Hey, Clarissa, can you explain it all to us? <laughs> <laughs> so I'll have to show her this broadcast, but um, miss you, Clarissa. All right. Love you. But um, <laughs> yeah, I think um, any young woman of a certain age who grew up in that time period. I mean, I don't think there's one who would say that Clarissa didn't influence her. 
so. Yeah, definitely. All right, now that we got introductions out of the way, let's talk about the show. Let's talk about, like, the earlier seasons, the later seasons, and um, um, the characters and all that stuff. All right, so the show is fairly simple. I mean, it focuses on a teenage girl named Clarissa. She lives with her parents. She lives with her younger brother, Ferguson. She has a best friend named Sam. And basically, she would uh, talk about what she was going through, what are her hobbies, her likes, and her dislikes, and what, how she would do it was that she would interact with the audience, breaking the fourth wall, having like those little colored charts, and describing about what's going on uh, in, the, in one particular episode, and um, how she's going to be able to solve it, and for a lot of the cases, it doesn't end up very well, it ends up in pretty much in a disaster. And then, you know, later on throughout the series... Um, and we kind of follow in that trend, but at the same time, it would deal more into other topics. Like, Clarissa would be going to school, we would meet up with her classmates. Um, also, you know, she would have on and off relationships with uh, various boys. One of them was actually a bully to Ferguson, and then they eventually started dating one another, named Clifford Spleenherfer. And... Um, it's very interesting of how he got introduced. Like he just started off as like this tough bully. And then all he did when he first saw Clarissa was that he constantly sang to her. And uh, then we have Sam, the neighbor who never uses the door. He always climbs up on a ladder. Yeah. That guitar string riff. And yeah, like that. Exactly. Yeah. He was the best friend. He always hung up by her side and they did various things together. There was one episode in which they actually considered dating one another, but it was so awkward that they just kind of just saw each other as friends and nothing else. But yeah, um, here's the thing. I think, in my opinion, the earlier seasons of Clarissa, I mean, they are iconic, of course, but it definitely shows its age. Like, it definitely just screams 90s. But I guess that's for a lot of people, that's what they find it so charming. But, you know, there are some moments in which it can get a little bit distracting. Like, you know, the clothes that Clarissa constantly wears, making herself look like she's cool. But some of them are just really, really funny looking when you look back on it and yeah and her parents were very weird they seemed like they were like you know hippie children at one point growing up during the 60s i mean her father's an architect who built like these strange buildings the kind of strange buildings that you would see in like ripley's believe it or not like the one that was shaped like a pickle or maybe like a shoe or something her mom worked at a uh, children's museum but at the same time she was known for cooking healthy organic vegetarian foods that mostly consisted of tofu like the tofu casserole and the tofu sundae and so on and so forth. Yeah, her parent, you know, I think that's what was so great about um, her parents' relationship was that Marshall was, you know, again, the architect, even though he had his creative side with how he made the buildings, you know, Janet was a bit more of the free-spirited hippie in a way with the organic food and the tofu. So um, I always loved, especially now that I'm older, you can appreciate it more like that aspect of showing um how her parents relationship was yeah and her parents relationship was in a way in which it's kind of a bit dorky but at the same time you kind of appreciate the advice that they would be giving like later on like um kind of being really helpful but it's kind of like you know our relationship with our parents in which oh we don't really get it because our parents are so old-fashioned their stuff is antiquated and and uh, passe but for, for a lot of the stuff it may be but as time goes on we start learning a thing or two about what our parents did and we are able to take that in and put it into our own lives regardless of what time period it is 
Absolutely. And then we come into Ferguson. I mean, how many people did we know of that was like Ferguson? Like, kind of like a troublemaker, hugely into politics, uh, you know, hardcore Republican who looked up to Ronald Reagan and Dan Quayle. I don't know if, if kids today would even get into politics like that. It kind of reminds me of a younger version of Alex from Family Ties. But yeah. Gonna say, sort of, even though Clarissa was a bit later, but yeah, there was sort of that um, almost showing the disconnect between the flower children, hippie generation, and their children becoming much more capitalist, much less of that uh, free love, all that stuff. So I think, yeah, you do kind of see a mini um, relationship like. Alex B. Keaton had with his parents. So, yeah, interesting parallel. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, with Clarissa, she was a very interesting mixture between, like, you know, wanting to become, a you know, a woman, wanting to have her driver's license, wanting to put on her first bra, wanting to be able to go out and do other things, but at the same time, just trying to figure out who she was. She didn't really know who she was, even though that she clearly was talking about all the things that she did like. But that next step of wanting to become someone, you know, it was prevalent in the later seasons. And even later on in um, Things I Can't Explain, which we'll be discussing about next time, because uh, I have not yet read the book. You actually owned the book like months before I did. Oh, yeah. I finished it ages ago, and it's it, it really is fabulous. Um, you know, without spoiling it, it you see Clarissa, basically, it's how you would expect her to be as an adult when now that she realizes she doesn't know everything. So there's some great, you know, callbacks to a lot of little things in the show. It, it's, it's great. So uh, I can't wait for you to finish it and uh, to kind of do a part two of this. Yes, we, we definitely need to do a, a part two because I really want to read the book and, you know, see the continuation because, I mean, I've heard a lot of great things about it. I I remember when I first heard the announcement, I posted it on <laughs> YouTube with, like, really bad quality audio and pictures. And funny thing that Mitchell Kriegman, the creator, actually saw that video <laughs> of me doing that. And I'm like, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mitchell. But seriously, I'm really, really thankful for that. Anyway, going back to the show, I'm going on tangents. For maybe the younger kids, maybe when they watch Clarissa Explains It All, maybe they won't get it on why it was such a huge um, influential marvel for us people who grew up in the 90s. Maybe they'll just see it as like, oh, it's just this show in the 90s and it's just this girl talking into a camera. It's just like every other you know teenage show ever. It's like Girl Meets World. It's like Lizzie McGuire. But you have to understand that 91, there was not a show like this at the time. I mean, a lot of people even back in the day, they even compared it to Blossom, which was another show that had a female protagonist that a lot of kids looked up to. Right. In fact, it's interesting because Melissa Joan Hart was very close to being a best friend of the, of the character of Blossom. That. Yeah, I think that she was auditioning for that role, but she didn't get it, and she ended up getting Clarissa instead. Oh, that's so funny. Wow. And I didn't, now that 
you mentioned it. I didn't realize sort of, yeah, the kind of parallels with Blossom and Clarissa, how they were both influential in their own ways, you know, in that time period. But yeah, I mean, I even see like pictures online about who wore the most ridiculous outfits, Blossom or <laughs> Clarissa. But seriously, I mean, there's more to it than that. And um, you know, with Clarissa in the later seasons, you know, her going through her final years in high school and her be, just thinking about what's going to be the next step in her life, especially in the last episode in which her love of journalism and she wrote that wonderful article about what's going to be the next step in our lives. And then it left us on this wonderful cliffhanger. And then it would have eventually led up to Clarissa now, which was the CBS pilot and that never picked up as a series. And then we had to wait another 20 years later for the continuation. But you know, going back to the show, I mean, yes, on the surface, it may not be the most timeless, uh, you know, show for teenagers, maybe not even for Nickelodeon in general, but I think it is one of the um, most influential for a whole bunch of other shows. I mean, you know, it was able to break mold of what to um, portray a teenage girl as, because... Clarissa was both, you know, loving outfits, but at the same time, she liked playing computer games. Like, I remember, like, even back in, like, 2006, 2007, when girls were starting to play more computer games online, like World of Warcraft, and there was all these jokes about, oh, there's no girls on the internet or something. It just really made me angry. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she really was a pioneer in that aspect of computers not being as common, not in, not in every single household, certainly... You know, a lot had them, but nothing like it is today. So for her to have that that skill set, I think that said a lot about how forward thinking that character was, about how um, savvy she was, and she, you know, obviously saw the uh, future potential of games and the internet in general. So that was pretty cool. Even in the the first season episode, No TV, in which the family couldn't watch TV for a week, instead of, like, sneaking over to Sam's house and saying, hey, can I watch TV? She instead orders, like, some sort of cable box from, like, Russia and installs it her by herself on the parents' cable box, and then she tries to connect it to her computer, and they ended up watching, like, some Russian infomercials. It's like, how does one do that? How does a teenage girl girl in 1991 able to install a russian cable box all by herself with no help that is just amazing it is <laughs> classic yeah and and considering people this is the same year that the super nintendo came out i mean those kind of skills if clarissa would have been around like in the 80s she would have immediately been hired for like atari to make all those games watch out oh. howard scott warshaw and david crane absolutely oh my god so what was something that you took away from clarissa um i guess at the end of the day um you know there were always those great uh lessons you know wrapped up at the end of pretty much every episode where um clarissa would try to break some rule or get around something your parents did. And, you know, at the end of the day, she always realized um, that maybe other people know things too. <laughs> I think that was a big takeaway, especially me as a kid who thought, you know, I knew it all too. She was open to not just learning new things, but she always 
also was able to sort of admit when she was wrong. I thought that was pretty powerful. And just, just the offbeat humor of it, too. Like, I just, I love the episode. I don't know if it was more than one. Maybe you can refresh my memory. But um, the episode with Aunt Mafalda when she would come to town. Oh, yeah. She, she was in there twice. Uh, there was the one episode in which um, they wanted to kick uh, Aunt Mafalda out. And they try to make up that story about that her dead husband was, you know, spooking right. around the house. And they were making fun of her because, oh, she's Canadian, eh? Uh, yeah. Seriously, I know like three Canadians on various um, associated websites like Manic Expression and Comic Book Cast, and they do not say A at the end of every single sentence. I have no idea who came up with that stereotype, but I think they should get rid of that stereotype now. Yeah, exactly. But she was great. So just that offbeat, quirky humor is what I took away. And then also just going back to how her relationship with Sam was, I I really did appreciate the fact that even though they kind of explored maybe possibly being more, I love that it wasn't pushed for them to be an official couple because that's what typically would happen. That would be the cliche. I like that it was very natural the way that relationship progressed. So that sort of um, was a big deal to see growing up that oh you can have a boy who's a friend you don't have to push for anything more just you know hang out with who you like to hang out with and things progress naturally so um i i loved that too that is a great thing that you just said because i cannot imagine nowadays of how many shows that there are in which every single time that there's a girl and a boy together they always have to hook up you know, like with Gordo and Lizzie, are they going to get together? P- Big Pete and Ellen, are they going to get together? And, um, you know, a whole bunch of others. It's it's not even crazy about how many are there. And yes, that's one of the good things is that the relationship between Sam and Clarissa is just, a you know, just two best friends who've done a lot of things together. They're a boy and a f- girl who are friends, but they're not boyfriend and girlfriend. And I like that, that it was able to keep it ambiguous enough that who knows, maybe they could end up together. But for the most part, it just didn't happen because there was an entire episode of Clarissa Explains It All in which, hey, guess what? They just didn't like each other that way. And you know what? That's perfectly fine. I mean, we already have enough TV shows out there where people are just going crazy with shipping characters, which I'm not going to say anything bad about people who do that. I mean, do whatever you want. But it's just refreshing to see that, oh, just because there's a show that has a girl in it, it doesn't have to always involve with romance. Exactly. And even though, obviously, Clarissa talked about boys and that's a big part of growing up, but that wasn't uh, that wasn't really a focus of the show at all i mean it would come up as her relationship with you know cliff of course and sam but it that was more a side aspect to it so i think that's important too that a show with a teenage girl character doesn't have to just be all boys all the time or that's all she thinks about you know Exactly, exactly. Overall, with Clarissa, being 25 years old, I think that it's a show that at least at one point in all of your lives, you do need to watch. All the shows that are coming out now, everything from Lizzie McGuire to even recently with Girl Meets World, this is where it all stemmed from. It all stemmed from a teenage girl going through her everyday life. It stemmed from, you know, having kooky parents, annoying little brother, a best friend, her 
her talking about issues that a person's going through, learning life lessons that isn't constantly shoved into your throat. You know, a, a relatable character that likes numerous things and maybe just quirky things that you don't see every day, but at the same time, you totally understand. It, it's definitely one of the shows that was definitely ahead of its time. It's, you know, the, um, the it was a trendsetter that people, uh, that creators still do to their shows even today. On the surface, it may not look anything special. It, it definitely has that feel that, oh, this came out in the early 90s. This is one of those shows that I would love to see come back redone. I would love to see a modern take on Clarissa, you know, maybe update a little bit, like Clarissa discussing about today's issues, uh, having... Ferguson, you know, maybe um, having some sort of other obsession that isn't politics, or maybe the mom, instead of her cooking vegetarian food that's gross, having her uh, maybe cook exotic foods. Like, because, you know, there are so many... Um, organic restaurants nowadays that are being opened like in you know exposing a whole bunch of different cuisines i would love to see like kids who grew up with like pizza or something like that coming home and saying oh today we're, today we're having chinese food or today we're having indian food i would love to see that yeah. or even i mean dare i say even a spinoff of um in the future it being clarissa's daughter perhaps who knows maybe. you know what i was just gonna say that because nowadays that has been so hugely popular with continuations of these shows. Girl Meets World and Fuller House are huge examples on that. And I would not be surprised if Nickelodeon would cash in on that trend because Girl Meets World has been getting more popular, especially with the later seasons. And Fuller House, um, I've been hearing some people saying good things about it. I've been hearing some people saying bad things about it, but I haven't seen it yet. Maybe uh, I'll check a look into it. I, I know you've seen it, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I've seen. Um, I've, I'm actually saving the finale, but I've seen yeah everything else. In it, it's great. It's I. It's everything you would expect. It's all the nostalgia, um, and I think there is obviously such an appetite for this that there's no reason why Clarissa can't be a part of that. Yeah, and it's kind of funny that you know when the show was ending, they didn't want to continue with Clarissa because they thought that Melissa Joan Hart was too old to portray as Clarissa anymore. They wanted younger kids, and you know what? It would be kind of ironic if they ever do decide to pick up Clarissa in a spinoff series featuring her daughter, and you know Melissa Joan Hart coming back as like the mom or something. You know what? I mean, that would just be really interesting to see i mean with nickelodeon nowadays seeing the nostalgia and seeing how the splat has been able to become a huge success and you know the hey arnold tv movie coming out there's going to be a legends of the hidden temple tv movie i mean oh, yeah. if if they want to cash in on this they have to do it now yes exactly start casting i'm waiting <laughs> i'm uh I, i'd be right there watching every episode i think that would be a great idea so we'll yeah. see <laughs> yeah, who should play the daughter though? Ooh, oh my god, that's a good question. I mean, I I don't know if there's anyone the right age who would be like a big. I mean, I kind of like the idea of it being open. Um, you know, getting an unknown. Just uh, oh, I love that. Another young girl a chance to start the same way Melissa Joan Hart did. Oh, so, I would love that. I know. So. We'll see. Yeah, we'll definitely see. I mean, uh, Mitchell was interested in continuing the story of Clarissa. Let's just see if maybe he'll get the opportunity to continue the story, whether it be another book or hopefully, you know, Nickelodeon would pick it up for another TV series. 
Exactly. Yeah. I, mean, I would love another book too. I, I'll take whatever I can get. So definitely, I think there's a lot more to explore with um, this character, with that whole world. I, I see no reason why there shouldn't be something else out there created. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, I think that should wrap things up. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Casual Chats. Please let us know in the comments below on, uh, you know, your opinions on Clarissa Explains It All. Maybe if you're a newcomer, you know, what do you, um, do you have you enjoyed it? Uh, do you think maybe it's a little bit too outdated for you that you, maybe you don't really understand why it made such a lasting impact? Who knows? Anyway, so yeah, that should be it. Uh, tune in next time for another installment of Clarissa Month. And Christina, I can't wait for us to come back um for you to come back again so we can discuss about things i can explain i'll be here all right good night good night Future